0: Um, I'll be reading from Luke chapter 1, verses 57 through 80. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown his great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him Zachariah after his father. But his mother said, No, he is to be called John. They said to her, None of your relatives has this name. Then they began motioning to his father to find out what name he wanted to give him. He asked for a writing tablet and wrote, his name is John, and all of them were amazed. Immediately his mouth was open and his tongue freed, and he began to speak, praising God. Fear came over all their neighbors, and all these things were talked about throughout the entire hill country of Judea. All who heard them pondered them and said, What then will this child become? For indeed, the hand of the Lord was with him. Then his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke his prophecy. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably on his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his servant David. As he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Thus, he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham the, to grant us that we, being rescued from the hands of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people, by the forgiveness of their sins, by the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into, one of, into the way of peace. The child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day he appeared publicly to Israel. May God bless the reading of his word.
1: It's pretty ironic that the day we're talking about losing or gaining a voice, we're Mine was stuck on all the time. I was down there trying to sing my head off. Like, you know, you're not that good of a singer, so. <laughs> and then others are silenced. Well, were you paying attention anyway? Talk about irony with that text to the story we read a moment ago from Luke's gospel. What in the world was I thinking? It just started to occurring to me, picking a story about a preacher who lost his voice for my first Sunday. I was actually relieved it was on. Apparently, they were telling me my mic was on because at least I didn't lose my voice. It may take me a second to recompose. I'm so happy that I still have it. Uh, All kidding aside, when Eula and Chad and I were working uh, to pull together and praying what we could do to make this an especially meaningful Advent season for us here at New Covenant, I thought right away when we came across this theme close to home, well, duh, because... On Sundays for the past five years, Cherie and I have been driving 240 miles to see our congregations and make it back home. Talk about closer to home. But even more so, in addition to the physical location, what our hope and prayer is for this Advent season is that we will allow the message of this season to impact us close to home and to hit deeply within our hearts and our spirits as we ponder anew. This story we tend to know so well Today, we turn to the miraculous birth story of John the Baptist and the prophetic song of Zechariah, who had temporarily lost his voice. He did regain it, however, when he was willing to use it in order to lay the foundation for someone else. Now, I do want to add just a brief pastoral disclaimer at this point, and that is this. I don't believe that God punishes people by causing infertility or miscarriages or that God values people any less who choose not to have children. In miraculous birth stories like this, if we're not careful as a church family, we can just go right on in and not realize the serious pain that sometimes these types of stories, even in the Bible, bring to the surface for many individuals and couples and families. I just want to acknowledge your pain you that i see you if you're in that boat and i promise you that god sees you and values you just as highly as anyone else with or without children and that as your pastor i wanted to simply acknowledge that so that we could bring compassion and understanding when we talk about stories like this to the table our story from luke's gospel we read involves A child, a baby. And so those gathered at the traditional Jewish eighth day naming ceremony, they were ready to name this baby after his father, Zechariah. But Elizabeth says, Nope, call him John. You know why? The name John means God remembers. God remembers. This seems very appropriate for this elderly couple after decades of not being able to conceive. But the irony is that while God remembered, Zechariah forgot. He forgot his voice. He forgets how to use it, when to use it, why he should use it. God remembers, but Zechariah forgets. Zechariah would have been put up on a giant pedestal if he was like every other priest in this society in his day and age simply because he was a priest. It was quite likely almost, that it was almost second nature to him to use his voice, and I'm not just talking about the noise our vocal cords make when they rub together and come out of our cooperative mouths. I'm talking about his position, his influence, to interject his opinion he probably did it whenever and wherever he wanted. And like a lot of us, we don't know this for sure, but I just wondered, as I prepared this week, if maybe he had a little bit of his self-worth and identity wrapped up in his career, his calling, his position. And now, of all the moments to lose one's voice, he is left speechless because, well, there's a lot, it's complicated, but his whole world was basically rocked. What good is a priest without a voice? God had remembered. Zechariah had forgotten, at least for a while. Now last year, during the days of lockdown, Sheree and I were both doing a lot of working from home and I'll never forget one particular day. I was in one room sermonizing and I believe sitting on a, uh, uh, sipping on a, a bit of coffee And she was in another, our home office room, um, where she was taking a continuing education course that was designed for elementary music educators on Zoom. Now, let me just say this in a way that hopefully I won't get in too much trouble. That several dozen elementary educators who are fired up on caffeine and teaching can generate a lot more enthusiasm. than I can, (laughs) a lot more decibels for sure. In other words, I didn't have to try very hard to eavesdrop on this workshop that she was enjoying. And at one point I heard Sheree and the other teachers blasting through her computer speakers and they were making noises using their voices. And I can't really imitate it very well, but that's never stopped me from trying before. They started out so high, and they went down low, and they slurred back up, and they went down, I thought, my land, what are they doing in there? And finally, apparently, they got on break, and she came out, and and I said this. It's just verbatim verbatim, what I said. What in the world were you all doing in there? Were you trying to imitate orca whales or something? And she goes, that's amazing. That's exactly what we were doing. She said, it's a fun way that we help our students experiment with their voices and find Their singing voice. Hmm. Now, we may or may not have great singing voices, even if we had the help of fantastic music teachers like Cherie, and I understand another that sings with us here. But finding one's voice, one's self, one's sphere of influence, one's rhythm, one's identity, one's courage, one's faith, it can take decades. I'm 48 years old, I think, until about eight years ago, I struggled most days. And some days I wake up and I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up for sure. Here's what makes it really complicated. We struggle all these years to find ourselves, to find our voice, and then once we think we've found it, even capable people like Zachariah, we can forget how we should be using it or when is the right time to use our voice. And even though it doesn't happen this way, it's more complicated. It, it, it may seemingly look like overnight to us, at the, as it happens, that we lose our voice or we forget how to use it. Or maybe it's from overusing it that we lose it. Who knows? And then once we lose a sense of our identity, we, we try to regain it. And quite honestly, I'm not always as astute as Zachariah. I don't know about you. And maybe sometimes I'm not even willing to do The hard thing that Zechariah, I think, did, we didn't read about a mirror, but I'm pretty sure at some point he looked into it, at himself, and he did something incredibly difficult that I think we need to pay attention to. You see, Zechariah only regained his voice when he decentered himself from the middle of the story and was willing to use his voice to lay the foundation for someone else. Someone else to do God's important works, and he may never live to see it done, but he laid down his right, his voice for a moment. And here's the hard truth for many of us. We must all learn that we actually don't always have to offer our voice, our opinion, our influence to every single conversation around us. Now, I'll admit that's tough for me. Not even the ones we have strong feelings about. Do we need to feel the need to insert ourselves into the middle of it? Sometimes, like Zechariah, we need to be silent for a while. We need to back up. We need to humble ourselves. We need to sit down and learn to listen. Somebody reminded me in between services that the word listen and silence are composed of the same letters. Interesting thought, isn't it? It wasn't even Zechariah's idea initially to name their child John. Elizabeth said it first, and something tells me, I don't know this for sure, I'm using my imagination a little bit, but I, I've been around preachers. Something tells me if he'd had his voice, Zechariah's pride might have even blinded him, and he might not have even listened to Elizabeth or the messenger that came to either one of them first. He might have argued. He was a man. And he was one of power and position. And this was a patriarchal society. He was used to getting his way. And once he finally humbled himself, once he decentered himself in the story, once it was clear someone else would be leading and he was willing to follow, an amazing thing happened. His voice returned. And we're told he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Hmm. There's a message in there. Blessed are the forerunners. Blessed are the trailblazers. I'm talking about those who are willing to go out in front and blaze a trail they may never get credit for. Blessed are those who will lead from the front of the room, but who are more than willing to also step aside and lead from the middle or the back of the room. Blessed are those who lay the foundation for someone else to step forward by empowering them, by blessing them, by giving them a shot when no one else might even be paying attention. Zechariah would lay the foundation for John, and John would lay the foundation for Jesus, and of course, Jesus would lay the foundation for so many more, including us, and he would give his life message to those who were listening. The kingdom of God is among you. The Hebrew people called this vision, God's shalom, God's peaceable kingdom for the universe. Jesus called it the kingdom of God, a way of living and being in this world where the lion shall lay down with the lamb, where tribalism becomes a thing of the past, where immigrants and residents forget which side of a border they're born on, and they extend inclusion and hospitality to one another, and especially to those on the margins. The kingdom of God is a place where justice rolls down like water and the poor are lifted up and the rich and powerful, well, (laughs) they're cast down for harming the helpless. This kind of peace Zechariah was laying the foundation for was not the kind of peace that people were expecting. And quite honestly, this is not the kind of peace that most of us expect even on our best days. John the Baptist, this fire-breathing, justice-screaming, camel-hair-wearing, locust-munching preacher, what kind of peace could a dude like that bring anyway? (laughs) Biblical peace. Biblical peace is something the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. knew a great deal about when he summed it up better than anyone I've ever heard. Biblical peace. He said, true peace is not merely the absence of tension, but the presence of justice. The Zechariah story today begs some questions for those of us with willing ears. How are we using our voices to lay the foundation for true peace? And are we willing to use our voices? to lay the foundation for others to do the work of God, even if we may not see it fully completed in our lifetimes. I wonder, how does this story find us? Zechariah must have realized the work was so big that he couldn't do it alone. And you know something? We don't have to do it alone either, do we? We have one another in this incredible faith community. Now, I I want you to know something today as we begin this chapter together at New Covenant. I might be the one up here behind a microphone uh, most weeks, but I believe God wants me to amplify all of your voices as well as we find our way together to do God's work. Now, I plan to lead well, and I'm not bashful. You'll learn that in time. I'll run point guard when you need it, and when God needs it, I'm happy to do that. But leading well also means I won't be right in the middle of every single aspect of God's work. I'm also here to help you and you and you and you to find your voices. Many of you have incredible voices, and you already know how to use them to do God's work. And so if that describes you... I hope I can help you realize like I'm learning and like Zechariah learned that we don't always have to insert our influence, our voice into the middle of every single conversation that's a part of God's work. Some seasons require different voices at the center of the story. And also, like Zechariah, we can become obstacles to God's plan if we are constantly inserting our own voices into the center of every single chapter, it finally dawned on old (laughs) Zechariah, decades of serving God. He had forgotten, but now God had remembered, and so did Zechariah, and he got his voice back when he was willing to use it to pronounce blessing on someone else's life and work. I wonder, who are we using our voices to bless and empower for God's work. I wonder if there's someone who desperately needs us to believe in them right now, and maybe all they need is someone to give them the time and the space and the encouragement to find their own voice and their own time and place to to lead the next chapter. I wanna close with the powerful words of a poem written by a man named Wendell Berry. I believe it sums up God's vision as well as the human struggle that we're talking about learning when and how to use our voices the poem is part two of what Wendell Berry titles a vision I pray you'll let these words wash over you as they have me all week long he wrote if we will have the wisdom to survive to stand like slow growing trees on a ruined place renewing it enriching it then a long time after we are dead the lives our lives prepare will live here their houses strongly placed upon the valley sides the river will run clear as we will never know it on the steeps where greed and ignorance cut down the old forest an old forest will stand Its rich leaf fall drifting to its roots. The veins of forgotten springs will have opened. Families will be singing in the fields. Memory native to this valley will spread over it like a grove. And memory will grow into legend. And legend into song. And song into sacrament. The abundance of this place, the songs of its people and its birds, will be health and wisdom and indwelling light. This is no paradisal dream. Its hardship is its reality. My friends, may God grant us the wisdom and courage to know when to use our voices to promote God's dream of peace for this world and when to be silent and when to use our voices to lay the foundation so that others can continue the work we may never live to see get completed. So be it. Amen.